Hello, Sex Appeal listeners. This is Kit Elliott, one of your hosts for this show. After an extended hiatus, Katie and I have reassessed our stance on the true crime genre as entertainment and the way it affects the real-world victims involved in these cases. While this show has always striven to highlight injustices and prejudice in our society and legal system over anything else, we still want to make some changes to assure absolutely no harm comes from the stories we tell here. So, now, Sex Appeal Women on Trial will focus solely on historic true crime cases. That is, trials that took place a minimum of 150 years ago. All of our episodes already posted over the years that discuss cases that do not meet this new criteria have been removed, which is the main reason for this announcement. Because several episodes were deleted in their entirety, some remaining episodes may contain references to something said in one of them. We apologize for any confusion or continuity problems this creates. We hope you can understand the reasoning behind this decision. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to a extra spooky episode of sex appeal women on trial i'm kit and i'm katie we have our first ever bonus episode my dudes it is halloween so we're bringing you some extra content it's not like our normal stuff instead of talking about crime we are talking about urban legends slash cryptids nice So the format's going to be a little bit different than usual today. Um, Katie and I are each going to be talking briefly about two different urban legends slash cryptids. They kind of all fall into the same category with these ones. Um, So no, learn something new because the whole thing is learn something new unless you know all the cryptids, which we would be friends. So Kit, which one are we going to do first? All right. First, I am going to be telling you guys about the Black-Eyed Children. Ooh. The year, 1996. The place, Abilene, Texas. This is already too spooky. Let's turn back. (laughs) Texas, the spookiest land. In the 90s. Nope. Nope, (laughs) nope, nope, nope. Reporter Brian Bethel publishes an article in a ghost-related mailing list. I'm sorry, a what? (laughs) You heard me. This article details the first published interactions with what Bethel refers to as, quote, those darned black-eyed children. (laughs) He says it's like they're pests that you're trying to get off of your land or trying to eat your crops. Get on, get out of here. <laughs> Those shoot, darn shoot. black-eyed children. Oh my god. <laughs> In the article, Bethel says that he was on his way to pay his internet bill and stopped outside of a movie theater to use the light from one of the signs to sign the check. While he was stopped, he was startled to attention by the sound of someone, or something, knocking on his driver's side window. What he saw when he turned to face the source of the noise were two young boys. Both wore black hoodies and seemed normal-looking enough, until Bethel noticed their eyes, which were, you guessed it, completely black from lid to lid. Before he could say anything to them, one of the boys asked if he could drive them to his mother's house so they could get money to see a movie. He assured Bethel that it wouldn't take a long time, and then followed that with, We're just kids. Normal children do not say, we're just kids. <laughs> do not fear us. We are, um... We are but children. We are only children. We are harmless. You cannot... You have... We play the Fortnite. 
This deeply unsettled Bethel, and he did the thing no horror movie protagonist would ever think of, he drove away. As he pulled his car away from the theater, he heard one of the boys say, We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. At least they were polite. Like, hey, we need your permission first. (laughs) That's so creepy. (laughs) Polite cryptids. And Bethel wasn't the only one who came forward with an experience with these types of children at that time. He claimed that he had heard stories from people in other parts of the country who had also reported that they'd encountered not the exact same children, but others that shared the black eyes, terrifying aura, and haunting requests. The earliest of these was said to have happened back in the 1980s. By gathering all these stories, a general pattern has emerged that defines these creatures that have come to be known as simply black-eyed children. They all seem to appear between the ages of 6 and 16 years old, appear only at night, and always approach people who are alone, either in their homes or a car. Once they get the attention of this person, they ask for some favor, such as using the bathroom or a phone, a ride home, something to eat, etc. What would happen if you said yes? I tried looking for accounts of people who have given these children the things they request, because I was curious as well, but I had a hard time finding any that weren't like no sleep style formats that were like fictional stories that people wrote. So um, we can assume that it's because people who say yes don't have much of an opportunity to tell their story after. So what exactly are they? There are a couple theories as to what these children creatures are. Some people say vampires, extraterrestrials, demons, or creatures from another dimension. I think that one's the coolest word. Some alternate reality where kids are just like that. (laughs) Like, I know that's probably not what that theory means, but that's my theory. (laughs) Kids are creepy in any dimension. Just this brand of creepy. I feel like this is a pretty well-known sort of urban legend, so people know that there are a lot of theories that go much deeper than what I've gotten into, and we're not going to do an entire 10-hour episode on black-eyed children, even though that would be awesome. Um, But okay, next next one. Katie, what you got for me? Kit, have you ever heard of the infamous Jersey Devil? Why, yes, yes, I have. I don't know a ton about it, but I have heard it and have a vague image in my head? For those of you who do not know, the Jersey Devil is a mysterious creature known to be native to the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. There have been sightings and reports surrounding the creature from the 1700s to even the past decade. Ooh, he's come, he's approaching. (laughs) He cometh. Most accounts suggest that the creature has a horse-like shaped face with antlers or horns sprouting from the top of its head. It walks on two long, skinny hind legs with cloved feet or pig's feet and shorter forearms. The overall body is also horse-like, though it has wings like a bat. Some say it has a tail like a snake or a pitchfork. Many individuals depict the Jersey Devil as a dragon. According to witnesses, the creature has a terrible screech and kills livestock and small animals. You may be thinking, how could a creature like this be created? While the most popular origin of the Jersey Devil is also known as the Leeds Devil, New Jersey residents trace the creature's origin to a woman named Mother Reeds, who was said to be a witch. However, I do not know if she was called a witch before or after she gave birth to the Jersey Devil. Wait, like, you said give birth? Yeah. She... Okay, I'll be quiet, I need to know more. (laughs) When she gave birth to her 13th child, she cursed it. According to legend, 
on a dark and stormy night, of course. It's always a dark and stormy night. She yelled in pain, let it be the devil, soon after she gave birth. At first, the baby was born normal, but then things started to change. It seemed to grow rapid, its face and limbs elongated, twisting and wailing in pain. Suddenly, it sprouted horns, claws, and wings. It grew hair all over its body and deformed into a monstrous creature. Some versions of the story say that it proceeded to kill everyone in the room, and then the creature flew out the chimney into the black night. Years later, one encounter report came from Naval Commodore Stephen Dator in the 1800s. He saw the beast flying across the sky. He shot a cannonball at it, but the Jersey Devil kept flying. Another woman heard a noise in her yard and went outside to see the Jersey Devil holding her pet dog. She hit the creature with a broom, it dropped her dog, and flew away. Maybe it was just trying to pet the dog. With its mouth? We all show affection in different ways. <laughs> Moral of the story, the dog was okay. <laughs> yeah, the dog is fine. Supposed sightings say that the Jersey Devil leaves spooky cloven hoof prints in the dirt, snow, and rooftops. He stamps upright and- Kit, I gotta stop. I, I just can't. <laughs> There's no way this creature can be real. It's physically impossible. Don't say that. Anything it's is possible. Body you think that this monster mash <laughs> is real. I believe in him even when no one else will. Also, this creature has been in hibernation for like over 200 years. We all need a nap sometimes. For 200 years? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's just like that. If I could nap for 200 years... Even if that would classify me as a cryptid, count me in. He is the ugly cousin of the Harry Potter Thestrals. <gasps> Take it back. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever seen the X-Files depiction of the Jersey Devil? No, I have not. All right. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I don't, Yeah, I think that they did an alternative thing. I never saw the episode, but I googled search it. Like, oh, X-Files definitely has something. And it's... It's that. I feel like it's an inside joke on the show. It might be. We can take Where it. someone, like, described this ugly, awful creature, and so he just drew a character and be like, huh. This is you. <laughs> you. Katie, I am stopping you before you can disrespect this valid boy any longer. We're talking about mine next. You're done. Fine, what's yours? I'm glad you asked. Alrighty, boys. Time for my favorite cryptid of all, the Fresno Nightcrawler. If you are not familiar with these leggy boys, strap in and get ready. The Fresno Nightcrawler was first spotted in 2007 on security cameras in Fresno, California. There was also similar footage captured in Yosemite National Park. I'm going to put a warning before I start because... Unlike a lot of these cryptids and legends that have centuries of backstories and hundreds of supposed encounters, uh, th there's not that much about these guys, but they're still perfect. So let me try to paint a picture for you. Like I said before, leggy boys. Think your typical cartoon sheet ghost and add some fabulously long legs. <laughs> What? 
I said what I said. Uh, You heard me. I love them. You heard me. I love them. I'm sorry. Continue. Yes, that is a Fresno Nightcrawler. They're also pretty small by cryptid standards, so don't think like Bigfoot. They're about three to five feet tall. Do they like do anything? No! (laughs) There's not much documented about them, considering there have only been two or three widely known sightings. And even with those accounts, uh, they're just walking. (laughs) They don't seem to be causing any trouble. Just reaching their goal and getting their... 10,000 steps in. <laughs> They're just walking along with their Fitbit. Well, they'd have to have their Fitbit It'll on It'll be their, on their leg. Yeah, on their ankle, because they don't got arms. <laughs> yeah, that is literally it. There's two pieces of footage of them, and they, they're just walking along. No, like, direct encounters. They're perfect. As for what people think they actually are, opinions vary. Some people say extraterrestrials, a new primate species... Possibly an entirely new mammal. The biggest theory among people who want to debunk the footage is that they are... Wait for it. Pants attached to a wire. And someone just, uh... You know, pulls them along. But why? (laughs) I want to make a new monster, guys. Okay. Picture this. Brainstorm meeting. Okay, let's think of popular monsters. Uh, Bigfoot, giant... Unlike anything we've ever seen, the Loch Ness Monster, a dragon thing that lives in the ocean. What can we do? Um, hear me out. Pants that walk on their own. Ooh. Oh no, scarier. Ghosts. But with legs. (laughs) But with legs. Nobody will see it coming. It's perfect. (laughs) Um, yeah. So moral of the story, Nightcrawlers are real and I'm going to marry one. So um, I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> you can't stop our love. <laughs> we a star-crossed lovers. <laughs> someone, someone draw fan art of me marrying a nightcrawler. I dare you. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Mothman. Fine, let's talk about the Mothman. Yeah, let's talk about the Mothman. Um, All right, what's the Mothman? <laughs> On November 12, 1966, in Clendenin, West Virginia, a group of gravediggers were working in a cemetery when they spotted something strange. One, it's a cemetery. Of course you're going to spot something strange. That's true. Two, I was going to ask permission, but no, I've decided. I am going to provide the sound effects for this story. Well, I'm the editor, so... Okay, well, they're my sound effects. We can make a compromise. (laughs) I'm listening. Um... I take your laugh, and I use it later on this episode, but I won't tell you when I'm using it and what I'm using it for. But I can provide the rest of the sound effects? Absolutely. Deal. Okay. They glanced up from their work when something huge soared over their heads. Mew! Continue. A massive figure that was moving rapidly across the cemetery from tree to tree. You're welcome. Some of the gravediggers later described the figure as a brown human being. This was the first reported sighting of what could come to be known as a Mothman. Okay, go. 
According to witnesses of the Mothman, he has black or brown skin, is rather tall, and either looks like a moth or an owl with bright red eyes. This is most likely due to light reflection rather than some demonic presence. He is wider than a man but with human-like legs. The eyes are located near his shoulders and it has a high-pitched humming noise. So, like Kit and the Black-Eyed Children, I would love to spend all day talking about the Mothman and all his supposed sightings and connections to the area that he lived in, but we have a time restriction, so I'm only going to talk about one famous encounter. On the cold evening of November 15th, three days after the Gravedigger's encounter, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Mullet, ran to the police station saying that they saw a large gray creature who chased them down the highway. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings in the area outside of town known as the TNT area. This is the site of a former World War II munitions plant and where many of the Mothman sightings have been reported. The area was riddled with abandoned tunnels, most of which collapsed, been sealed off, or have been flooded with water. According to the couples after a night out of town, the car started to stall. While attempting to get the car back in working order, the headlights flashed on and they saw the Mothman a short distance away from the car. At first, they just stared in shock at the being, standing at seven feet tall. Then, the creature spread its wings. A moment later, it flew straight up into the air. The driver was able to get the car working again and took them down Highway 62 to Point Pleasant City at speeds extending to 100 miles per hour. They stated that the creature chased them flying over their vehicle to the outskirts of town and then scuttled into the nearby field and disappeared. Later that year and the next, more and more sightings of the Mothman would be spread around town and across the United States. Now, to finish up this very special episode, we have a very special story from a very special boy. <laughs> oh, <that's> sweet. <laughs> Andrew, one of the hosts from the podcast Cinematic Universes, is going to tell us the tale of the spookiest story to ever cross into our world. Man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. He turned to his girl and say, Baby, I love you very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine's broken. He'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, he'll stay here and look after our stereo. There have been news report of stereos being stolen. Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. So the guy left to get full for the car. After two hours, the girl say, Where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound, and a voice say, let me in. The girl doesn't do it, and then after a while she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check, and man door hand hook car door. Once again, that was our good friend Andrew from the amazing podcast Cinematic Universes, which you should absolutely go check out because they are hilarious and my favorite. They're great. I love them. We hope that you enjoyed this extra bonus spooky episode spooky. of Sex Appeal Women on Trial. Be on the lookout for more of these special extra episodes. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your listening platform so you can be updated when more of these bonus episodes get posted, you know, every so often you want to know. 
Music from this episode was created by Kevin McLeod. Song lists included Aftermath, Anxiety, Awkward Meeting, and Dark Fog. Sex Appeal Women on Trial was brought to you by us, Kit Elliott and Katie Clark. Music is Dark Tranquility by Anno Domini Beats. Special thanks to Framingham State University's WDJM Radio. We would like to thank Malin Costello from MC Design Photography for creating our logo. You can find her on Facebook and Instagram under mcdesign underscore photography. Remember to leave a five-star rating and review us on iTunes. And follow us on Instagram at sexappealpodcast and Twitter at sexappealpod. You can also visit our website, sexappealpodcast.weebly.com, for additional content, including more details about our episodes, like written transcriptions and pictures. If you have any questions about our show or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at sexappealpod at gmail.com. Thank you.